Was it the apostles who drove out the demons? Was it the apostles who cured many? Was it the power of the oil that they used? No. It was Jesus who graced them with his authority that is his and his alone as the Son of God. The apostles were graced to be agents of the divine mercy, empowered only by their relationship with Jesus, who used whatever natural abilities they had. And we too are graced to be agents of the divine mercy, empowered only by our relationship with Jesus, who uses whatever abilities we have. Jesus put very strict boundaries on the apostles. They were not to carry food or a sack for provisions or money. They were not permitted a second tunic, an outer garment that was draped over the shoulder made of wool that was used to repel rain and wind and served as a blanket at night. They were permitted only a walking stick, which was a sign of prophetic ministry. Now, why these restrictions? Jesus wanted to teach them to rely on God's providential care, and in doing so, become living signs to those they preached to, that God was manifesting himself to his chosen people in a profoundly unique way. So powerful was their witness that if it was rejected, Jesus ordered them to do what? Shake the dust off your what? All right, this goes back to a Jewish practice that when a Jew left pagan territory and came into Haaretz Israel, the holy land of Israel, you shook the dust off of pagan territory off your sandals, off your feet before you walked on holy ground. Jesus would not permit them to go alone, but in pairs, so they become sources of comfort and support for each other, as well as to challenge each other and keep each other on task. By this point, the apostles had been with Jesus for some time. They had witnessed the miracles, the way Jesus dealt with his detractors. They heard his teachings. They journeyed together in Jewish and in Gentile territory. They ate their meals together. And in most cases, they slept out in the open together. Constantly in tight quarters, there was probably not too much they didn't know about each other, perhaps more than they wanted to know. As different as they all were, however, they shared one thing in common. Each one had a personal relationship with Jesus that was unique, however imperfect it might have been. Now, our tendency as modern Christians is to idealize the apostles. What we must never forget, however, is that whatever they were graced to accomplish, they did as fallen creatures. These were the same guys who would later abandon Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane betray him for 30 pieces of silver, deny him, frequently bicker with each other over who was more important. All of them but John fled in fear as Jesus was hanging on a cross. I've often thought that if I ever, ever, please, Lord, never let it happen, 
But if I ever had to oversee the construction of stained glass windows or uh, statues of the apostles, I would insist that in some prominent part of the window or the statue, there would be etched this one simple sentence. I am a redeemed schmuck. Now, I'm from New York. Schmuck is a common word. A schmuck is a Yiddish word. It, it, it kind of means doofus, but by a power of ten. It's not a nice thing. But that's what they were. Redeemed schmucks. And that's what you and I are. Now, Jesus knew fully well how his apostles were going to behave how their faith in him would ebb and flow. And don't think for a moment that he doesn't know how you and I will behave, how our faith in him ebbs and flows over the course of our lives. And still, amazingly, he called them and he calls us now what? His friends. A powerful word in Hebrew thinking. It was as if, despite all the failures the apostles would commit, despite all the times they would fall short of Jesus' expectations of them, he chose to focus on what they could accomplish with, in, and through their unique relationships with him. This basic principle remains true for each of us. As I've said many times, Jesus always sees beyond the failures to the potential. We have to be his agents of hope in this world, in and through our unique relationships with him. With, in, through him, we are empowered to cast out unclean spirits, the spirits of despair and hopelessness that so many in this world are enslaved by. The spirit of loneliness that is so pervasive in our society. The suffocating spirit of cynicism. With, in, and through Jesus, we too are empowered to give his peace to others. You know, it amazes me, ever since I became a Catholic, so many Catholics do not understand that when we exchange the sign of peace at Mass, this is not a greet and meet moment. No! We are giving each other the very peace that Jesus gives to us. We have no power to give such peace, but Jesus does. And each of us becomes the agent of his peace to one another despite, despite all our imperfections. Within and through him, we are each called to preach repentance, metanoia, conversion of heart, not merely by our words or by quoting scripture, but more importantly, by the quality of how we struggle and persevere living out our faith in this life despite our failures and setbacks. We must never permit ourselves to become discouraged by our failures or the inadequacies we struggle with or the failures, the inadequacies of others. Jesus knows them. He knows every single one of them. And he doesn't care. His grace empowers us, 
imperfect fallen creatures to be his agents of hope in this increasingly darkened world that, let's be honest, so desperately needs 